Hey, it's Kevin here, Thrive Church lead pastor. I'm so excited you've joined us online today to listen to one of our messages. Uh, today you'll get to hear from myself or one of our communication team members. We use a, uh, either our campus pastors or other communicators in our church that are super talented. God's gifted us with to share God's Word. At both locations, we preach the same messages. Uh, we're synced in every way. And today, you've actually joined us in a series called One Small Step. Think about it in your life. You are exactly where you decided to be. Through small steps, we're all going somewhere. Everyone ends up where they're going. Let that sink in for a second. And so during this series, what we want to do is help you make the right decisions through each small step that you take. And so my heart is that you will grow through this series, is that you'll grow closer to the Lord, you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus. And as a matter of fact, our motto here at Thrive is that your growth matters to us. If you've not downloaded our app yet, make sure to download our app. You can listen to messages, you can give, you can stay in touch with small groups, with everything there. And we're excited of what God's going to do in your life through this message today. Now on to today's message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing this morning? All right. It's good to have you guys with us today. Uh, I have a pretty amazing thing that happened uh, recently I want to tell you about. It could be considered a miracle that should have been in the book of Acts. So I was sitting upstairs. I was waiting for my wife to get ready for date night. And I've been sitting there for a while, just folding some clothes, just kind of like, you know, biding my time. And then I hear from downstairs, hey, did you die up there? And I said, no, I'm waiting for you to get ready so we can go out. She goes, honey, I've been ready. I'm waiting on you. And I was like, a woman got ready before man. That is the craziest thing in the world. And why is that? Because you women will pluck your eyebrows out and a minute later draw them right back in, right? <laughs> Happy Father's Day. That was a miracle to me, though, that actually, you know, she was ready before I was. But there was a principle in that is that the whole time I was waiting on her, but she was actually waiting on me. And if you have your copy of God's Word, you can turn to 2 Kings 3.16 today. 2 Kings 3.16. Because what we're going to look at in Scripture is actually a principle that you saw with my wife and I. That there's so many times that we're like, hey God, we're just waiting on you. And you're going to see what God would actually say to us. Now in 2 Kings 3.16, here's the breakdown. You have... Three armies that want to destroy the Moabites, who were very wicked. They were like, if you studied what they did to people in that day and time, it was very wicked. So Israel, Judah, and Edom all join together. They say three against one. We're going to take them out. We'll be finished by lunchtime, honey. Don't worry about it. Well, something happened. They got kind of stuck in transit. There was a drought, and they ran out of water. And they're waiting on water. And soon, it was seven days, soon their cattle would die. Their soldiers would die, and they would lose the battle they thought they would won. So what happens is, these kings, three of them, say, what should we do? And Jehoshaphat says, hey, I remember a guy named Elijah. He's gone. He went to heaven in a chariot. You remember the whole story? He says, but he did something about rain. Remember, he, he, he prayed, and rain stopped, and he prayed, and rain. Well, he's gone, but he has this guy he mentored named Elisha, and he's around somewhere. we got to find him because we need rain. And so Jehoshaphat and the kings go to Elisha and they say, hey, we're really in a predicament here. Here's what we need. We need rain. Can you help us? And Elisha and Elijah both had this really sarcastic type of like humor. Remember Elijah told uh, the, the pagan guys that maybe their God is in the bathroom. That's 
why he can't hear them. He was just always sarcastic. Well, Elisha says, oh, so now you come to me. My, 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 how the tables have turned because you've been worshiping a pagan gods, even Israel had been, and you've been going to pagan prophets and now you want to come to me. Why should I help you? They say, please, listen, I know, but we know that you follow God and you hear from God. We need to know what God wants us to do. So Elisha uh, calls for the harp player to come and gets an atmosphere of worship set. Man, he's just listening to God. He says, okay, I'm going to give you a strategy on how to defeat the Moabites. And what we're going to look at today is something that is ridiculous to the human mind, but it's a principle that I think that so many of us have got to live out in our lives. And if you have your, your copy of God's Word, you can look at uh, 2 Kings 3.16. So Elisha brings the word of God back to these three kings. He says, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see a wind or rain, yet that that valley be filled with water so that you, your cattle and your animals may drink. And I love this next verse. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Can I encourage you today on Father's Day that what you think is hard, what you think is so big in your life, what you think is insurmountable is easy to God. God's like, man, that's pre-K stuff for me. I got this. That's how good our God is. And so he says that to him. And then he says this, he will also, not only give you water, but he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. And you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with these stones. Now it happened in the morning that when the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. They were in need of rain. They had a big need in their life. See, many times we think our needs make us weak. We think our needs are what we need to get rid of. But their need pushed them to seek God. And the beautiful thing about need is sometimes in our life, it pushes us to seek God. Sometimes when we're comfortable, we just don't seek God. Uh, many of you may have come to faith in Christ in a crisis moment in your life because there was a need. Your need pushed you to God. See, your need can be your biggest blessing when it pushes you to the feet of the Savior. And that's what happened to him. What should we do? Elisha, tell us. And he gives them a crazy command. He says, you need rain and you're praying for rain, but God's going to ask you to dig a ditch. And they were just waiting on God. Tell us, tell us. What does God want to do? And do you know in my life and your life, just like my wife that was waiting on me, many times, and write this down in your notes. If you have your notes handy, write this down. This is key for today's message. Many times we are waiting on God when actually God's waiting on us. And many times we're waiting on God to do something and God said, I've been waiting on you. It's kind of like my wife and I. God's like, hey, are you ever going to do something? Hey, I've been waiting on you. God's like, man, I've been ready since like the foundations of the world. Oh, okay, what do I need to do? If you'll dig a ditch, I'll make it rain. But many of us don't understand we're praying about things and praying about things and praying about things and wondering why it's not happening. Because we've never picked up a shovel to dig a ditch in our life. 
And see, I don't know today what your ditch is for you. I don't know what it is, what you've got to start digging. I don't know what the rain is for you, but all of us have needs. It could range from anywhere from relationally to your children to financially to health, but we all came in here with a need today. We all came in here saying, God, deep down inside, there's something that I'm coming up against. Just like they had the Moabites, you have something. And the principle I want to unpack today is this. You're waiting on God, but it may be in your life that God's waiting on you and you'll never see rain. You'll never see the provision and the power of God until you pick up the shovel and begin to dig a ditch. And here's why these ditches were important. You're saying, well, why dig ditches? And they were in a valley. But one of the reasons is if they dug the ditches, their cattle could drink from there and they could harness the water that God was bringing. So when God made it rain and they had ditches and trenches built, they could actually use that water, take it out, boil it, could use it for many reasons. Here's the thing about it. If you're not prepared and you're praying for God to rain and he sends it and you're not prepared, it's going to waste all of it. See, God's a wise investor and so preparation is so key. So digging ditches is preparing for what you want God to do in your life. It's actually making room for God to move. And many times we don't do that. Think about this singles. You're like, I'm just waiting on Mr. and Mrs. Wright. God's saying, you're waiting on me, but I'm waiting on you to become Mr. and Mrs. Wright. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on the right person to come in my life. He says, God would say to you, if you don't dig a ditch, if you don't get rid of the baggage that you have and the hurt from previous relationships and all the things you've been through, you'll spend the next 15 years punishing this person for what the last person did. Because you've got to dig a ditch. Single guys. Sometimes it's just like, just, just brush your teeth and comb your hair, man. <laughs> Prepare. You have no clue at Thrive. We do the meet and greet time, how God may have placed you right around the person that you may meet. Yes, it happens here at Thrive. And you forgot to comb your hair and brush your teeth and you're not prepared for the person that God has for you. Maybe it's time to sell the Xbox and get out of the basement, right? Prepare for what God has for you. Y'all still love me. And so even in my life, that's what I did. I spent five years not dating anybody, preparing for the person that God had for me. And the whole time that person was preparing for the person God had for them. And so in your life, digging ditches is preparation for God to do something in your life. It's making room for God to move. And today, I want you to listen carefully because if we don't get this, here's the fallout. If we miss this today, you may miss the move of God in your life in the area you've been praying about the most. You may miss it. And say, I've just been waiting, waiting for rain for years. And let me just say this. If you're praying for rain right now, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. We don't need any more rain in Virginia. It rained for like two weeks straight. I begin to build an ark in my backyard, y'all. Right? But there, there is a need. And, and you may miss the move of God in your life if you're not preparing for the things that God wants to send to you. Because here's the thing. As I said before, God's a wise investor. God's not going to, God bless me with money. And God's like, you can't take care of the money you got. I need more. And see, Jesus had a principle. He said, if you're faithful with a little bit, he can give you much. If you're faithful with the little. And so many of us have this win-then mentality. Well, when God sends it, then I'm going to just start, you know, then, I, then I'll get ready. And that's not how God works. See, we use terms all the time. I'm just trusting the Lord. It's a good old Southern term to use, right? Just trust the Lord. How about instead of just trusting God, you become trustworthy for God? 
how about instead of just saying, yeah, I've got, I've got great faith, how about when you work your faith and make it real, you'll see God's faithfulness in your life because he's a wise investor. He's not going to give you something that you're not ready for. Think about it in humanistic terms. My son is four years old. I was weeding yesterday. He comes out on the porch. He's like, hey, Dad, can I come help you? I'm like, no, you can't. He's like, I can totally do that. Like, I got this. Like, he's just like, no, please. Would a good dad give a four-year-old a weed eater? If you say yes, then uh, again, uh, usher, security. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad idea on every level, but that's what we do to God. We're the four-year-old saying, God, give me the weed eater. I got this. God's like, Pff. right? Like, I'm a good, good father. I love you way too much to give you something that you can't handle. And so digging ditches is about us preparing for the things that God wants to send in our life, the things that God wants to do in our life. When you look at Scripture, it's all through Scripture too, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Think about it with this guy named Noah, the obvious example, right? Like God says, Noah, I'm going to bring rain, but you've got to build the ark before it ever starts raining. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I would have waited to see some rain first because that's a big project thousands of years ago. But that's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom's not like, hey, hey, I'll send rain and then you'll start building. What God wants to see is you to activate your faith and start building before you ever see the rain, preparing before you ever see it come. Because God wants to see faith in action. Remember James said this, he said what? Faith without works is dead. Like, you got to have faith that works. Works don't save you, but your faith should produce those things in your life. You look at another guy named Moses. Last year, this very month, we did a series on Moses. One of my favorite messages ever. I was studying for this series and preparing. And I love as Moses and the Israelites come up to the Red Sea. They're standing in front of the Red Sea, and the Egyptians have cornered them. And Moses starts praying, crying out to God. That's a good thing, right? If I say, yeah. Understand that many of us use prayer as an excuse not to act. I'll move on past that. Moses is praying. He's crying out to God. You know what God says to him? He's going to say, thank you for praying, brother Moses. He says, stop praying and get moving. Like, will you please stop praying? He said, I've told you if you'll raise your staff, I'll part the sea. But I can't raise your staff for you. Noah, I can't start building the ark for you. He said, Elisha, kings, I can't pick up the shovel for you. And you see that all throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, in Jesus' ministry, this happened many times. It says at one point that Jesus saw their faith. How do you see faith? It's like somebody starts glowing. <laughs> Whoa, that guy's got great. You see him glow? Like a little, you can't, you know, that, that doesn't happen. How do you see faith? You see faith by action. And so Jesus asked a guy one time who needed his hand healed, he said, show me your hand. Reach your hand forward, and as you do that, you'll see my healing power. And probably the weirdest miracle Jesus ever did was he brought one guy who was blind to him. Jesus spits in the mud and you know, does mud. The guy's blind, so maybe he just heard noises, you know, didn't ask any questions. It's Jesus. Does someone ask any questions? I probably would have. Jesus, did you just spit? Was that spit? And Jesus rubs it in his eyes, and he says, go to the pool of Siloam, and when you wash, you'll be made whole. And the guy goes. One simple instruction, washes, and he can see again. 
And you see throughout scripture that so many times we think we're waiting on God when God's actually waiting on us to do something. You can pray and pray and pray and pray until you're blue in the face, but you may never see the rain until you pick up a shovel to start digging in your life. Matter of fact, as I drove in to Thrive this morning, I got a little teary-eyed because this same week, Seven years ago, I remember preaching to 21 people. How do I know it's 21 people? Because Bubba, our one usher, um, brought me the count that day after church, and there was 21 people in this building. And now I look at what God's doing upon multiple locations, church plants, missions, and it blows me away. But can I tell you, it didn't happen just because we prayed. We started digging ditches. Matter of fact, when we had 21 people, I had guys out there in orange vests parking cars. And people laughed at me. They're like, we know where to park. We got more parking than we're ever going to need. This is crazy. And they didn't understand I was digging ditches because I expected God to make it rain. I went in the back and I was cleaning out the storage area. I made to clean out all that junk that was back there. And I come across this big contraption. And I looked at it. I said, what is this thing? And I opened the top up. And I was like, it's a baptismal. What is this? It was full of junk. And one person told me, you're not going to need that. We haven't used it in years. Other churches come and get it from us, but we never use it. I said, oh, you don't understand how God works. I started, I started literally digging things out of that thing. I cleaned it up with, with some water and got some bleach in there and made it, you know, made it good. And I prayed over that thing. And there's been over 200 people in that one baptismal that's been baptized at Thrive Church. Because listen, if you'll dig ditches, God will make it rain. But you can't wait for rain before you start digging the ditch or you won't be ready for what God has for you. So here's what you have to do. This is Monday through Saturday. So when you're living this or you're not at church, you don't have the bald-headed guy speaking to you, here's what you have to do. And write this down. This is key. Do only what you can do so God can do only what he can do. Say it one more time. Do only what you can do so God can do only what he can do. There's certain things that God will never do for you. He will never do for you. I, I love when people, well, people say, oh, it's all God. It was just all God, you know? It's all God. No, no, it's never all God. God did it one time by himself. You know when that was? He created the heavens and the earth, and he created man. He did it one time, and woman. Like he, one time he did it by himself. And from that point forward, I don't know why God chose to do this, but God chooses to partner with us so we can be, participate in his miracles, so we can participate in his plan. And from Genesis on, you see God. He did it one time. And then after that, God says, if you'll obey my word, even when it doesn't make sense, if you'll go do what I've asked you to do, you'll see me do only what I can do in your life. If you'll make room for me, I'll fill the room that you're making. If you'll dig a ditch, I will make it rain. What are you praying for in your life? What have you been praying for and thinking, man, it's hitting the ceiling? What is that in your life? And you've been praying and praying and praying. I believe after this message, some of you are going to get some shovels and you're going to start digging and you're going to see God fill some areas in your life. Amen. One person said, yeah, the rest of y'all are like, I don't know about this yet. I don't know if I can dig, dig any ditches. Matter of fact, I, I hope Home Depot and Lowe's just runs out of shovels today, right? They think it's Father's Day, but you heard a message at Thrive and you thought, and you'll literally be digging. But I'm talking about spiritually. Think about your life, digging ditches, doing only what you can do so God can do what he can do. This comes in relationships. I'm just praying for my spouse, you know, because everybody's spouse is the problem. It's never us, right? It's always the other person, always. I'm just praying. But if you started digging ditches in your marriage, 
Like we talked about last week, digging pits. You can also dig ditches. You can actually make room for God to move in there. Well, you know, we just don't, we're just not intimate anymore. We're just, we, you know, we, she just doesn't respond the same way she used to. Are you pursuing her? Are you buying her flowers? Are you showering her with a great, well, she just doesn't, you just keep doing it. It's not your job. You can't control anybody. You can't control a person. You can only do what you can do. But you can dig some ditches in your marriage. When it comes to children, do you know that you could spend all day long with your children but never invest in them? And one of the problems with our current culture is we spend time with our children but we don't invest in them. We literally don't invest in their life. We don't have teachable moments and things that's just us and them doing it together. Literally, they're on their device and we're on our device. And we're just like scrolling and our faces lit up and they're over on an iPad doing the same thing. Like, yeah, my son plays iPad and we play and he plays Avengers, but you know what? He never plays it alone. It's a Lego game. It's age appropriate. And we're doing it together. And I'm going to tell you something. It's the funnest thing ever to sit there and talk about, hey, man, do you know how Wolverine became Wolverine? He's like, Dada, you're so smart. How do you know so much about superheroes? My buddy's called comic books. What is, what is a comic book? I was like, it's not a comic book. It's a comic book. Like, you know, like, like investing time, going, taking your, your child, dads, take your son, go camping with them. Get away in the wilderness together. I don't want to go. You're going. And we're going to have a good time. I'm going to best in you whether you want it or not. <laughs> Dads, it's Father's Day. Can I encourage you if you have daughters? How about you carry them on a date and you show them what it's like to be treated with respect and honor so when they turn that age, they won't be treated like something else. You set the bar for them. You dig a ditch and then God's going to make it rain. This comes even financially. Like, think about it. You're saying, God, I really need help financially because it is a struggle. One of the biggest stresses of marriage is finance. But one of the things we don't do is we don't make room for God to move in our finances. We just keep one clicking Amazon. Right? It's so easy. I, I'm there with you. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm kind of in the same boat. But we're one clicking our retirement away saying, God bless me. I want to retire one day. Instead of getting out of debt, take Financial Peace University. Sign up. At, if it's not at this church, find a church. Learn how to use the envelope system. Where when that cash runs out, you don't have any more for that. Learn how to use the snowball effect with your debt. Learn how to invest properly. And when you start making room there, God will move in your life. Do you know what tithing is? I don't believe in tithing. People who don't believe in tithing, most of those struggle anyway. I've never met somebody in church that, believe, that practices tithing that, 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 that struggles. I haven't. Whether they have a lot or a little, they have God's blessing. Because here's what you do. You're making room for God. God, this doesn't make sense. Dig ditches in a valley? Are you crazy? And God says, yeah, if you'll take the first 10%, take it off and give it to me, I will open up the windows of heaven and bless you in a way you've never seen before. And a matter of fact, there's a guy today I talked to at church. He stopped me. He didn't know what I was preaching on. He said, man, I just need to tell you something. He said, I thought that God's guarantee stuff was a bunch of CRAP. We did God's guarantee in January that, you know, right, you, you, again, 90-day tithe challenge. He said, I have never seen God move so much in our finances, in our life, after we started doing that. And why? Because you're making room for God to move. Where is it in your life that you need to make room for God to move? You're asking God to bless your health. Just pray for him and go to the doctor again. God can't put the donut down for you. 
<laughs> and I'm serious. And if he healed you, you may be back in the same predicament again because it's not a healing problem. It's a health issue that we have to take responsibility for. And I know you may not hear this at church, but we love you enough to say that. God's compassionate and kind and he wants to heal you, but you'd be in the same boat again in six months later. See, God can bless you with amazing health and give you long-lasting life if you'll dig some ditches in that area. So realize, in your life, if you'll do only what you can do, God will do only what he can do. When you dig ditches, what will God do? He will make it rain in your life. So how do you do it? Three, three thoughts. Three thoughts. Write this down. How do we do only what we can do? Because when you leave here, this is what matter. First is this. Don't confuse trust with clarity. When you're trying to figure out, how do I do only what I can do, God? I don't know. Don't confuse trust with clarity. Literally, they were given a weird command, dig some ditches. <laughs> All right, God said it, let's just do it. They didn't understand what would happen. They didn't understand that when God would send the rain, do you know how they actually defeated Moab? God sent the rain, things got filled up, and Moab saw red in the water. And they thought those three kingdoms had killed each other. Moab rushes into Israel, and guess what happens? Boom, Israel was waiting for them, took them out. They just, they just obeyed the command God gave them and never confused trust with clarity. God's word is a lamp to our feet. It is not a bright light that shines on a map that shows you the next several steps. I love the story of Mother Teresa. She spent her whole life working with lepers, whole life. And a guy comes to her one day. He says, Mother Teresa, you seem so smart. You seem so, you seem so clear about what you're doing. You just, oh, I want to be just like you. You're bold. And you're focusing on these people. Will you pray for me that I would have clarity? And Mother Teresa in her old age wagged her finger and said, Son, I've never had clarity one day in my life. I will never pray for that for you. She said, I've only had trust because I don't know what I'm doing. Every day I wake up, I say, God, it seems dark. Will you please guide me? And many of us, we don't need clarity. We need a greater trust so we can be trustworthy so God can make it rain in our life. Here's the second thing that we've got to do. The second thing. How do you do only what you can do? Start small. Start with one shovel full. Start small. In our generation, we have this go big or go home mentality, right? If I can't put thousands away for retirement, I'm not going to do any of it. If I can't get rid of all the debt, I'm not going to do any of it. If I can't have my marriage great by tomorrow or one conference to fix it, I'm not doing any of it. If you'll just start small and keep digging with your shovel in your life, whether it's school, whatever it is, you will see the outcome come to pass in your life. Start small. Where is it that you've got to start small? Don't dis you know, Remember this? Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise that. Here at this church and our other campus, we started super small. We were super humble beginnings because we didn't have much. And all I knew was, well, I'll just start with one shovel full and I'll keep going and I'll keep going and I'll keep going. And one day if you do that, you're going to see a ditch dug where God can make it rain. Start small. And here's the final thing we're going to do. How do you do only what you can do? Just obey what you know. Obey what you know. Some of you had come to church, you're like, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know the scriptures. The Bible's intimidating. I'm not really sure. You, you feel like you're like spiritual junior varsity. Can I tell you that that's not how it works in God's kingdom? You know what discipleship is for everybody of every age? Discipleship is simple. It's obeying what you know. If the only thing you've ever learned in scripture was Jesus said, love God and love others, and you're doing that, and that's all you know, that's discipleship. See, here's the problem in the American church. 
way more educated past our obedience. We know way more than we're obeying. And what discipleship is, it's obeying what you know. And all those three kings knew to do, all Elisha knew to do was pick up a shovel and start digging. You may say, man, I don't know what, I don't know all the stuff. I don't, I don't know what you know, Pastor Kevin. But what I'm telling you today, I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. I don't care if you don't, you're not following Jesus. Obey what you know. Obey what you know. And when you see that, God will begin to bless you in ways you've never seen before. Dig ditches. Do only what you can do so God can do only what he can do. The greatest story I can think of in my life was when I got here to Thrive with those 21 people. There was a man named Huey Blackburn. And if you were here from 2012 to about 2017, you would have known Mr. Huey. He was on a walker. He was very elderly. And he come to me. He used to be a pillar of the previous church because his whole, his whole life he served Jesus. And he come to me. And he had the walker and he'd look up. And he said, Pastor, I can't do a whole lot. He says, but I can pray and I will pray. He says, I'm going to write these little cards. Can I give these little cards to people? If you were here, you would have got a little card with a saying on it. He made those. And he said, and I can send cards from home. If you were here from 2012, 2017, you got a card the second week you visited from Huey and Evelyn Blackburn. And he did only what he could do. He's not with us anymore, but can I tell you? He dug ditches. His dream, he, he saw the birth of that church many years ago and saw it die. And his vision was God make it rain. And he picked up a shovel and did only what he could do. And you know what God did? God did only what he could do in a way I could never imagine. I'm telling you, if you want to see God's supernatural power, his provision, you want to see God move in your life, begin to dig ditches, make room for God to move, and you'll see God do something you've never seen God do before because that's how our God works. He wants to show up in your life. He wants to show himself faithful. But you and I, let's have faith that responds to God's word, and we'll see God's hand in our life. Let's pray this morning. God, help us today. Give us the courage to begin to dig ditches. I know, Lord God, sometimes the enemies in our life, the Moabites of our life scare us. We seem overwhelmed, but God, may we pick up the shovel. May we take one small step and begin to dig a ditch, Lord, so we can see the reign of your power, the reign of your provision, the reign of your glory in our life, Father. I pray for every person in here right now, God, you know the rain they need, whatever that is in their life, and you know what the ditch looks like for them. God, I ask that this message would impact them in a way that they would begin to step out in faith and respond to your word and dig a ditch to get ready for the things you want to do in their life. Over marriages, I pray that. Over relationships with children, I pray that. Over finances, God. Over health. Over their spiritual life. I ask for that, Father. And God, we will wait in expectation for you to do amazing things in our life. And as we're praying today, church, maybe for you, your act of faith today is giving your life to Christ. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you walked away from your faith at some point, and now you're back saying, God, I want to follow you. Maybe you want to follow Jesus for the first time ever when you're coming back to faith. Wherever you're at today, wherever you're sitting, I want you to make this confession of faith with me to watch God move in your life. You say, God, I admit that I cannot save myself with my works. 
I admit that I am I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. But I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe he died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. I believe he is at your right hand. Today, God, I receive the forgiveness of sins that you offer. Today, thank you for making me right with you. Thank you for this brand new start as I follow Jesus. God, give me the strength and give me the courage to dig ditches in my life so I can see your reign, your power, and your provision come to pass. Thank you, God, that you would do this in me. In Jesus' good name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, last month, listen, last month we had six people to make a confession of faith, have a conversation, and get a Bible to say they gave their life to Christ. Will you put your hands together for all of those today who made that decision? The best decision they will ever make in their life.